Uh, we're coming to the end of the school year, um, and uh, if you did not know, our, our nickel students, uh, they started finals this past week. Finals extend into next week, um, but uh, on Wednesday we have our baccalaureate mass, and then basically the year, uh, graduation is next Saturday, and then the year is basically over. Um, I, uh, I, I remember um, the feeling as a college student, though, of handing in that last final or that last paper, and just kind of the freedom that follows, right? Um, it was just a, it was always a really, really awesome experience. It was always a great time uh, just to be able to say like, okay, I'm done my exams and now I get to just kind of walk away. Um, I remember I was talking to some students this week uh, and I said, I- I've experienced that 20 times. And they looked at me and they said, what? And I was like, 20. I did 20 finals weeks after high school. And they were like, you're lying. I said, three years at LSU, three years at minor seminary, four years at Notre Dame. I'm done. I'm never doing another test, <laughs> right? And I appreciate that very, very greatly. Um, I, uh, it's always interesting, though, at the end of the year, because like, you start hitting those last classes, those last tests, those last things. I, I remember in seminary, it was one of our last classes. Um, I'll never forget this. Uh, it was a history class we were taking. It was a hist- historical theology. Um, Father Mark Raphael, priest from uh, New Orleans. And if you know Father Mark, he's, he's very, very dry. He would sit down. He would come into class bigger guy, sit down behind a table, and just read out of a binder, basically. Um, the man was absolutely brilliant, and if you had a question, he could answer it tenfold. But what would that would do is, is in class, our class was very, very like inquisitive and wanted to know other things, and we would get off topic and constantly were just like going on tangents. Um, so what happened is, is that we get to the end of the year, and he still has about 100 years of American history that he's got to cover in one class period. And I remember he was sitting there and he's like, this is going to be impossible, but we're going to try and do it. So in an hour class or an hour 15, whatever it was, he, he sat there and just tried to hammer through a hundred years of the last hundred years of American history and, and the Catholic church and the Catholic response and what was going on at home and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and I still remember him kind of sitting there and in that class, we talked about two world wars, the rise of communism, the Holocaust and the Vietnam, the Vietnam, uh, the entire like Vietnam War. And I remember at the end of it, he just kind of looked at us, and it's five minutes left in class. We're right about the 70s, and he looks at me, and he's, he looks at our class, and he says, what do y'all want to know? Now, we just went through 100 years of bad, right? We just, we just covered all, like some of the worst topics you can possibly cover, and then he, with a smile on his face, just looks at our class and says, so what do y'all want to know? And one of my classmates... I don't know if he did this because he was a smart aleck. I don't know if he did this because he was being honest. But he raised his hand and he asked the question that I will never forget. He looks and he says, Father, is there any hope? He just said it. Is there any hope? We just talked about a hundred years of death and war and, and famine and struggle and all these other things and just like the worst of the human condition. That's what we just touched on over the last hundred years. And he looked around and he said, is there any hope? And the priest just sat there at his desk in front of the classroom, kind of looked at his notes, frustrated that he wasn't going to finish the year, right? He looked up at us and he said, For the world, no. For the world, no. 
But then he looked out at a class full of deacons, guys who were going to, within the next couple of months, all of us who were ordained priests, and he says, but you're not called to be part of the world. You're not called to be part of the world. In fact, you're being ordained out of the world. So for you, yes. Then he started to talk about his own life and his own, his own history of being a priest and, and just some of, the, some of the hard things that he went through and, and some of the hard like, assignments that he had. And, and he just kind of opened up. And now, this man had never been personal with us. And he just kind of shared with us. He said, you know, whenever you have a rough assignment here or this kind of struggle there, or I know a priest that had this going on in, with an alcoholic pastor or this, 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 this. And he just started sharing all these kind of things. And he says, the, the thing that holds you through in all of it is Jesus Christ. So for the world, no. But if you stay focused on Jesus for you, yes. When I was reading today's Gospel, I, I couldn't help but go back to that spot. Like I, I couldn't help but think about being in that classroom with that teacher, hearing that kind of that, that, that parting shot before we walked out of class for the last time. Because for the world, there is no hope. But for us, who proclaim and believe in Jesus Christ, there always and ever will be. I, I think that's something that happens in our world today a lot, actually, is that we, we, we see our world, we see our, uh, us even, like we, we might struggle with this as well, but I think we see the world putting trust in the world. And if we do that, if we put our trust and we put our faith in things of the world, 100% of the time, no doubt about it, we will be disappointed. Not we might be disappointed, not we could be disappointed, we will be let down. If we put our trust and our faith in a political party or a talking head on TV, we will be let down. No question. No question. If we think that somebody's going to be a savior of our country, of our world, we, we will be let down. I think that's where Thomas is coming from with his question today in the Gospel. You see, where, where we are in John's Gospel, we're towards the end of John's Gospel today. We're towards the end where Jesus has been walking with his disciples and he knows his disciples and he's been forming his disciples. And he's coming to the end of his, his time with them. And Jesus is giving this teaching and we have 2,000 years of tradition that know like where it is that Jesus is talking about and what it is that Jesus is talking about. Like it puts it in context for us. That Jesus is saying, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to heaven. But I'm going to come back for you. Like our faith says this, right? Like we know this. This is why we're here. We believe this. But Thomas had no idea, no context of what Jesus was saying. So when he says that I'm going to the Father and you're going to come with me, Thomas says, how do we know the way? Like, you know the way, Thomas. And Thomas says, how do we know the way if we don't know where you're going? That's a fair question. 
And Jesus' response is one of the most often quoted pieces of Scripture. It's a piece of Scripture that every one of us have heard, no doubt, before. But Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice what He does not say. He does not say, I am a way, or a truth, or a life. He doesn't say, I am the easy way, the easy truth, or the easy life. He just says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is exclusive in saying that. Jesus is, there's an exclusivity there that Jesus is saying, come to me. Not something else. Don't put your faith in other things. But come to me. Our world wants to say that, that there are plenty of ways to salvation, that we work hard, or, or there, there are good virtues of or like worldly virtues that we can live in, yes, but like we cannot be our own savior. The things the world offers cannot be our own savior. There are not multiple ways. There's one way that can save us. His name is Jesus. Our world likes to say there's a multiplicity of truths, your truth, my truth. That's the most re- ridiculous and and, and moronic kind of idea of your truth and my truth. There is one truth, objective truth, Jesus' truth. And the world likes to say there's, there's plenty of lives that you can choose. But Jesus is saying there's one life that's going to lead you to freedom, to fulfillment. And that's with me. I think an interesting thing whenever it comes to this line, when it comes to this teaching, is that Jesus is not focused on the destination. See, we like to focus on the destination. We like to focus on what do I need to do to get to heaven, right? We like to say, if someone would be to ask you, how do you get to heaven? Like, be nice and don't kill anybody and then I should be good, right? Like, that's usually where we kind of set the bar. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't focus on the destination. Focus on me. You don't have to focus on the destination. You have to focus on me. And if you focus on me and you follow me and you're with me and you're in a relationship with me, then guess what? At some point, we'll get to the destination. But don't focus on the destination. First and foremost, focus on me. You see, today when we come to this Mass, we, we, we have the opportunity to reaffirm and re, reset our gaze, reset our focus on the Lord, first and foremost. Because it gets really, really easy to get distracted with the world. It gets really, really easy to think that an A on a test or this new relationship or whatever is going to be the thing that's going to bring me to fulfillment and bring me to the good life and bring me to the happiness and let me live my truth and all that bull. When in reality, Jesus is saying, I just want you to focus on me. I just want you to be in relationship with me. Love me.
If we want to live a fulfilled, full and beautiful life, which I think we all do, otherwise we're not here on a Sunday morning. We could be doing a thousand other things. The first invitation from the Lord is very simple. Don't focus on where we're going. Don't focus on the destination. But put your faith and your hope in me. Today as we come to this Mass, may we reaffirm our relationship with the Lord. Reset our gaze so that all the other things, all the other things go back into the peripheries and out of focus. Now we can just focus on the Lord who is the way, the truth, and the life and can be the one that can fulfill our hope.